get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The voice of the blues, Chris Kerber here on 101 ESPN, joining us on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line Curbs. I look outside and I see the raw, cool rain, and I'm thinking to myself, this is a day that we would be driving over for a practice at the rink. This is hockey weather that we're seeing right now. Yeah, it's kind of weird, isn't it? Every now and then it hits you and you're going, wait a minute, it's like the end of October. We should be on a road trip or uh, or something like that. And, and then you realize, well, that's not going to happen until at least January 1st. So it's uh, it remains unusual. We continue to, to plug through. And uh, honestly, I can't wait for this next season to start. <laughs> Me either. And you saw the comments from Bill Foley, the owner of the Knights, last week. You, you just mentioned at least January 1st. He's thinking February 1st. What do you think is a a logical spot for the NHL to start their season? I do think somewhere in there, Randy, I, I believe, and I know Gary Bettman in the league, and I know all the owners and teams obviously are hoping that you can get a full 82-game schedule in. I, I'm not sure that that's realistic. I really, I always felt as we watched this unfold over the last season that it was going to take two or three seasons to get you back on a normal calendar if your plan was to get back onto a normal calendar. And the one way to do it is you basically bite the bullet for a second season. So uh, if they really want to get back on a normal calendar or close to it, by starting in January or maybe even sometime early February, there is precedent for it in a lockout year where they've been able to do that, play a 48-game schedule. So somewhere between, a, I think, kind of like a 48- to 62-game schedule seems like it's in the wheelhouse if you're starting that late. One of the issues that they're going to have is if the Olympics that were postponed from last summer do happen this summer in China, then NBC has television conflicts pretty much come that second or third week of July all the way in for about a month. So, you know, that, that's going to be one of the factors that I think definitely plays heavily on how the this next uh, NHL season ends, which eventually tells you how it's going to all uh, play out. Curbs, as we're heading into this 2020 season, there's a lot of questions surrounding the Blues. Obviously, the uh, Alex Petrangelo not being with the team. Krug, is Justin Falk going to take a step up? What about Pareko? The absence of Vladimir Tarasenko? What is Jordan Bennington going to be this season? Et cetera, et cetera. But in your mind, what is the most important question that the Blues face heading into this next season? You know, honestly, I'm, I'm comfortable with where the defense is right now. I'm comfortable with Jordan Bennington in, in, in net and where that's going to go. I, I do think... There's a question mark in the backup. So if they do try to squeeze extra games in, you know, Billy Huso is going to become a very important piece for the St. Louis Blues. So I, I think it's fair to, to wonder how that's going to play out since he hasn't really been a regular in the National Hockey League. But to me, the larger question is who rounds out the top six on the forward standpoint? You know, is Zach Sanford going to take that role, hold on to it? Can he play consistently on the left wing with O'Reilly and Perron? and produce like we and and what i mean by that really michelle is if 
we, when, when the puck drops, you know what you're going to get from Ryan O'Reilly. We know what we're going to get from David Perron. You know what you're going to get from other players. Like you, you know how Colton Pareko is going to play. You have things you can count on. I think Zach Sanford is still in that mode where trying to figure out consistently game in, game out. You know what you can get. The question is, are you going to get it more times than not? And if he can fill out that top six, then you've got to feel pretty comfortable while Vladimir Tarasenko is out. If he can't, then somebody else has to do it, and I don't know where that comes from just yet. Yeah, it, Robert Thomas is going to have to turn into the player that we expect him to be in curbs. We're going to have, as we watch this team evolve in 2021, it's going to be really interesting because guys are going to have to need to step up on that third line too. Kairou is going to have to play well. There's not much beyond Kairou on the right side. And Sammy Blay is going to have to play well on the left side too. If you want to run that same style that the Blues run, though the waves of lines, those guys are going to have to step up and play. Absolutely. I mean, maybe Kairou is one of those guys that steps into the top six, Randy. I mean, that's... That's the part part of the question mark if polls need to be filled because obviously Tarasenko won't be ready until sometime in February at the earliest. Uh, having said that, the reason that I like why, why you're questioning if one of those guys can fill the third line because I really do like the chemistry and the makeup of a Sunquist, Barbashev, Clifford line. Me too. And that's a line that can get you 15 minutes a game. So, you know, you, you basically, if this team can can go right and you do get those guys stepping up like you're talking about, you end up with a first, a second, and two third lines. And if you do that, you're going to be in some really good shape. But, again, the whole key is is can these younger players step up and fill those roles? Because Doug Armstrong's already said, look, you're two years into a four- or five-year window. This, this last year kind of stung, you know, being a uh, with the way this season got broken up because that took one of the years away from you. But he knows that he's in this window now. I don't know of too many teams that say, okay, we're in a window to win a Stanley Cup, and we're going to rely on a whole lot of young guys. That, that is typically not a, not a strong formula in any sport when that has to happen. So, I mean, these guys are going to have to step up and play big no matter what. In the line of Schwartz, Shen, and Thomas, who plays center? Well, uh, Robert Thomas plays center. Okay. And, and so that'll be an adjustment. Braden Shen, now they can slide him over to the wing, obviously. But the one challenge is, like, like Braden Shen likes playing center. He likes playing center a lot more than wing. And, and even with Tyler Bozak still on, on your third line and a, still a very good hockey player, I, I, I still think you're somehow deeper if, you are managed, if you're able to roll three lines where Shen, O'Reilly, and, and Thomas are your centermen. Obviously, if you're going to move Robert into the top six, that slides one over. So it puts a little more, even more importance on uh, Tyler Bozak going back to middle on that third line, barring any other roster moves. Curbs, we know that Alex Petrangelo was the captain of this team, and he had a lot of close relationships with the guys in St. Louis. And while they're all professionals and whoever they decide to be the captain moving forward, they'll obviously respect. Do you think there's going to be any sort of a weird transition period from, from leader to leader with Petro gone? No, I really don't because a lot of teams these days have, you know, they, 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 they do have one guy that wears the C, but it, there is a leadership group is, is how they like to refer to it. So I really don't anticipate that. If there's going to be anything, it's going to be going in there for some of these players uh, and, and realize, man, that guy that was here for 10, 12 years is not here. And and I think that's a little bit of an adjustment in the locker room without a doubt. So uh, I don't think it'll, it'll – I don't see much of an impact from a leadership standpoint because you're going to go from one good leader to another good leader. 
Uh, I, to me, the captaincy is always a bigger issue if it's the wrong guy, and I don't think there's a chance it ends up on a wrong guy in this situation. But there definitely be, will be a different feel in that locker room as they try to readjust their defensive identity. I think the other interesting thing from a fan standpoint, because we do care about the letters, is that with Tarasenko and Steen out to start the season, your group that ended, well, you would have hoped would have ended last year with Tarasenko out, but that was the group last year. It was Petro, Tarasenko, and Steen. That was your group of guys with letters, and it'll be completely different to start the next season. Yeah, it really will. I mean, I, I would fully expect Ryan O'Reilly or Colton Pareko. I, to me, those, those are your two leading candidates to be the captain. Uh, and if one guy gets it and one of the other guys is an A, and then I also see you putting a, an, an A on, on uh, Jaden Schwartz, Braden Shen, or, or David Perron. So, again, that's why we look at this leadership group because you're sitting there going, okay, we're changing up some of the A's a little bit with some injured guys or a guy that, that left via free agency. And when you rattle off the names we just rattled off, you're going, oh, that's not a bad group either. No doubt. Hey, Curbs, before we let you go, uh, you don't get many, much of an opportunity to watch the World Series because you're working at this time of year usually. <laughs> so are you looking forward to the Dodgers and the Rays? Yeah, I am. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think it's great the way things have worked out, Randy, where you had a team in the National Hockey League in Tampa Bay, one of, one of your best teams that won it despite everything going on. Same thing with the Lakers and the NBA. You know, and now you've got the two teams in the American League and the National League that had the best regular season record in the World Series. There's there's some some fitting karma to the challenges that all these sports leagues put together. And I listen and I applaud every one of these teams and all these leagues, the the executives, the players, the, everybody that made it happen because they found a way to get back at it. None of it's been perfect, but for the most part, it sure as hell has been entertaining, hasn't it? It's been great. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Curbs, always good to talk to you, sir. We'll talk to you later in the week. Thanks so much for the time. All right. Have an awesome week, you two. Talk to you later. See you later. Chris Kerber, Voice of the Blues on 101 ESPN. And Michelle, we had kicked this around last week, and now it is going to happen. Lakers in L.A. win the NBA championship. Mm-hmm. Lightning in the NHL. Tampa wins the, uh, the Stanley Cup. So the World Series is a battle for best sports city in America. They're going to be the tiebreaker. Yeah. And they've got things going. Both Tampa and L.A. have things going pretty well right now. Let's go, Tampa. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) that's Michelle. I'm Randy. And coming up, we've got the fight for you on 101 ESPN.